0: Travelling through another dimension, dimension. a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. a journey into a wondrous land land whose
1: boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone.
2: Tonight on the Twilight Zone podcast, I've made a choice. A choice to turn my back on internet anger and embrace the Friends of the Twilight Zone podcast. And your thoughts are not all men. But time is of the essence for me this week, so I'm just gonna dive straight into it. Here's your thoughts on that episode. Mm-hmm.
0: of the great things about The Twilight Zone was that it oftentimes put the viewer in the shoes of the other. And tonight's episode of the new series, Not All Men, puts male viewers in the shoes of women. And to my knowledge, which is limited, this might be some new ground for The Twilight Zone. I can't think of that being a topic or an issue um, in the original series or the remakes i could definitely be wrong about that Um, but i i thought the episode was really well done all these episodes are beautifully made but this one was just really smart in the way that it dealt with the the subject so essentially the story is that um, a meteor shower hits this town and the meteors turn all of the men uh, into an amalgam of Jack Nicholson in The Shining and uh, Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk from the '70s TV series, and some sort of you know zombie. You know they basically take the zombie horror film conventions and uh, use those to explore toxic masculinity and uh, gender norm, social socially constructed gender norms. So. Um, as a feminist, I thought this was a great uh, episode and it dealt with really important stuff. I I also love how they, both as a device and as a, a bit of writing, you know, the first scene, the protagonist is at work. She's really uh, career-driven and wants to have a good career. She's on the phone with her boss. Her boss is being condescending and pedantic and cutting her off and uh, he's, he's being a jerk. And she's asserting herself and asserting what she wants, but she's doing so in a very deferential and respectful way and in a way that almost tiptoes around the male boss's ego. She then goes on a date with a coworker who's kind of a rising star at the office. He's you know he really pushes her into the date in the first place isn't really respectful of the signals and the boundaries that she has but they they do the date the dates during the meteor shower he gets more and more aggressive she again asserts herself in a way that's very respectful of of him and she doesn't get that respect back in return he has no respect for her boundaries it's all about his emotions and what he feels and you know what he wants and so i thought that Basically, they gave you that the issue is there pre-existing before the meteors hit, and it comes full circle in the end because the meteors are, are in fact a placebo, and this is basically a choice. And the, the teenage boy in the show, one of the teenage boys, actually resists, you know, turning into a zombie. Um, later on in the episode so I thought it was really smart how they did this I also love that they inverted the old um, the old phrase of like the the wife is the old ball and chain well the the guy that she went on the date with is lumbering down the pier in zombie form and he he wants to kill her and that scene itself kind of called back to the phrase you know men are afraid that women will reject them and women are afraid that men will kill them and literally they had him tethered to as a ball and chain a a large heavy meteorite rock and so he goes to to kill the protagonist and she you know manages to shove him in the water and he actually drowns by his own ball and chain and that ball of ball and chain is his own aggression his own toxic masculinity so i thought that was really brilliantly done and uh, just thought it was a great episode, as the rest of them have been. And uh, I didn't really see any callbacks to old episodes. Typically in this series, I've seen at least a couple. Every episode has made me think, oh, there's a callback to this episode or that episode. I didn't see that in this one. Uh, hopefully some of the other reviewers will, um, will see some of those um, callbacks or homages. I didn't see any on this one. But uh, I thought it was a brilliant episode, love the way they did it, and I can't wait to see what everybody else thinks of it, and cheers.
2: I've had a message from Madeline and she says, after I saw the trailer for this episode, I hoped that it would be one of those perfect change of perspective episodes that would convey what it feels like to be treated the way women often are, with a story clever enough not to make the viewer feel like it was being taught. All of the comments and microaggressions in the first quarter of the episode were spot on, especially when Dylan pokes fun at Annie for working hard. As the episode progressed, I couldn't stop wondering who the episode was for. Women have heard the comments. Most women know a man who seems like he's always a step away from doing something violent. I imagine men watching this episode Would feel immediate distance from all of the meteor affected men because they are so extreme. Finding out that the meteorites were a free pass for men to act how they truly wanted to act was rotten to me. I can't fathom why the idea that all men want to act that way on some level, unless they try really hard not to do so, would resonate with anyone. I don't know what to take from this one. This might be a case of me letting my imagination set an impossible standard. And that's from Madeline. Thank you, Madeline.
3: Hi Tom, it's Iran. I was having a conversation about the new Twilight Zone, not all men, with my friend Abby, and I felt compelled to send in my thoughts. I thought this was a great episode. The building of tension and horror was well paced and, much like Replay, it put me right in the shoes of the protagonists. Also like Replay, and unlike The Wonderkind, I think it did an excellent job of diving deep into a pervasive social topic. My problem with The Wonderkind was that it didn't dive deep enough. Trump is very low-hanging fruit for a political show. The Twilight Zone was following countless examples of Trump satire with nothing particularly original to add. Trump is not the be-all, end-all of politics, and I think that episode would have been more original and more effective by diagnosing problems with the whole political process that gave us Trump. I think what this episode did so well is to show that toxic masculinity affects everyone and is everyone's responsibility. To start, Annie's date with Dylan at the beginning of the episode was a spot-on example of the aggression and gaslighting that women face, and it was moving to see that captured so realistically on screen. Then, during the birthday party for Annie's sister Martha, they set up that Martha interrupts her husband Mark. He doesn't seem to mind or take it as an ego bruise, but it's clear that he did when later he screams, stop interrupting me, under the influence of the meteorites. That was a great illustration of what happens when you don't tell your partner how you're feeling and bottle up frustrations until they surface as rage. I think the meteorites are a simple metaphor for toxic masculinity. At the end of the episode, Martha's son Cole pulls a meteorite out of his pocket and says he didn't succumb to its influence because he simply chose not to. I think the episode is saying that toxic masculinity is omnipresent, whether we admit it or not. It is not all men doing awful things, but all men still carry the cultural seed of toxic masculinity. That is why Cole says, there is no cure because it will always be inside me. It affects all of us, men and women, but by becoming aware of it, as Cole and Annie and Martha do in this episode, we are able to choose a different path. That is why Annie is able to rebuke the man who tells her, you'd be much cuter if you smiled, even though she didn't know how to stand up for herself at the beginning of the episode. By seeing the full extent of toxic masculinity, she is empowered to subvert it. And that's not the only way this episode is a call to awareness. Most of the violence we see is directed by men toward other men. The episode certainly implies that there was just as much violence toward women, but didn't show us this because we were following two female protagonists. But by showing all this men-on-men violence, it widens the conversation about toxic masculinity. Of course, women are frequent victims of all kinds of abuse, which this episode points out, but men are also victims of a system in which showing any kind of emotional or physical vulnerability is looked down upon. I think the best thing about this episode is that it shows that we are all connected to each other's suffering and we can all be responsible for each other's happiness. This comprehensive takedown of toxic masculinity, along with Replay's takedown of racism, are the show's two most important messages so far. My problem with this episode is that Jordan Peele's ending narration didn't have a clear or memorable message. The real closing statement of the episode was in the scene right before Jordan's monologue, and even that I feel I've had to piece together in this opinion. I wish Jordan had made explicit the message that all of us can make a dent in this problem. In fact, I think all of us might have been a more accurate and less inflaming title for this episode. My other problem is that the meteorites are such a simple metaphor. Personally, I'm willing to take them at face value and consider them only as a metaphor, but I'm sure they annoyed a lot of people. I have a hunch that aliens sent them down, just as they were conspiring against humans in A Traveler and Six Degrees of Freedom, maybe the same aliens. Like a lot of people, I'm hoping that all this interconnectedness builds to something. Anyway, Tom, thank you for this forum to share my thoughts. I've been listening to your show for three years now and I'm a big fan. Keep up the great work.
2: I've had an email from Will and he says, not all men. When I saw the name of the episode, I was tempted to give it a hard pass. But as they say, don't judge a book by its cover. I should have. I understand that historically television content has been created for the gaze of white man. It's long overdue that we get stories from a minority or female perspective. This also allows for diversity in protagonists and antagonists. The Twilight Zone 2019 could have been the perfect vehicle to explore contemporary issues with a science fiction bent, as well as entertain. It's not. Sometimes being straightforward serves a purpose, i.e., don't be greedy. Here's a straightforward story about that. That's not the Twilight Zone. There should be subtlety, analogies and chills. Kimberg and Peel are just riding the coattails, of a respected intellectual property, using it as a vehicle to show how woke they are. They want to address inequality and social ills? Great, but tell great stories too. And that's from Will, thank you, Will.
4: Hello, Tom, this is Grace. I had some thoughts on the last couple of episodes. With Six Degrees of Freedom, I was literally gripping the seat of my couch the whole time while watching this, literally at the edge of my seat. I had a feeling that something odd was going on when the front shields are closed and there's no other windows. That was a bit of a tip-off, but it didn't give away anything too specific. I liked the jumps forward with the title cards and the countdown. It reminded me of the same technique used in Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, where you get closer and closer and closer to something big happening, but you just get little crumbs leading you there. Also, I don't know if anyone else had the same thought, but when there's that blip on the monitor of a humanoid outline while the guy's making repairs, I kind of thought, did he just get possessed by something? And I questioned it again when we go into the restroom as himself in the first person and he's taking notes. I honestly don't know if anybody else had the same thought, but it kind of reminded me of a Doctor Who episode I saw called Midnight. It's kind of a similar theme there. I really don't know if they got to Mars or not. If this was a simulation of some sort, it's possible that they are on Mars or they're just in Death Valley, California. (laughs) Something small, I don't know if it has any significance, but in replay, if you look carefully at Jordan Peele during his opening narration, you'll see a headline in the newspaper that reads, New Experimental Rocket Ship Crashes Outside of Reno, Nevada. A callback to a classic episode, or possibly a call forward? Not sure. We don't know. I do like the idea of how the aliens had underestimated humanity and... Maybe we deserve another chance. Though personally, I'd love for us to really get our stuff together as a species before spreading out into the universe. That would probably be optimal. With the recent episode, Not All Men, again, very gripping and engaging. And I did not know how this episode would end. I do have personal experience when it comes to the issue presented here. Having been through something like that, it instilled in me what to look for and what not to look for in people in general, let alone men. (laughs) I guess you take from what you experience and learn from it and become a much stronger person. I'm ridiculously lucky to have so many positive and caring male role models and friends in my life, and I'm so very grateful for that. The point of whether to be aggressive or respectful being a choice and how symbolically the sun is the one who makes a change is kind of important. It's like, that's kind of what the episode is trying to say, I feel that the next generation will hopefully be more educated and understanding and empathic about this issue and not have their actions strictly driven by machismo. I also really like how the main character starts off saying yes 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 sir yes sir and ends just with a defiant no also thinking back was jordan peele's closing monologue uh when he talks about all this trouble over a few little rocks i'm thinking that might be a double entendre just saying (laughs) goes without saying the acting and direction are just phenomenal across the board And I do hope to see more psychological horror elements throughout the show, which I feel like we will. That's my preferred horror suspense genre. I'm so excited that we get these episodes at this time. There's so many important issues that need to be brought up in discussion and need to be talked about. And, you know, we have, I think there's a big, overarching point that as a species, overall, we have a lot of issues and Those are big ones, but you know, maybe we deserve to have another chance, you know? I'm definitely gonna be sad when this new season is over, but I'm ever so excited that we're getting a new season next year. I can't wait. Thanks so much, Tom. Cheers.
5: Hey there, Tom. Harold Clark reporting in from Butte, Texas, talking about not all men So one of the uh, friends of the show, a couple episodes back, I think you read their letter, and they talked about how the Twilight Zone makes either timely episodes or timeless episodes. And I think, uh, for the most part, we can all agree that the 2019 Twilight Zone so far have been timely episodes. Uh, I think last week's episode, uh, Going to Mars, I think was more of a timeless episode, but it would seem as this episode was a timely episode, but I think we, uh, at least for myself, have to uh, hesitate and wonder. Well, if it's a timely episode, is this uh, a commentary on the Me Too movement? Um, <clears throat> it seemed as if they were going that way at the beginning of the episode, with the you know the sexual advances and awkward awkward situations and work situations that Annie was going through and uh, so I thought okay well let's see the angle that they're going to take on this but when you look at the episode at the as a whole it's they seem to indicate that men going unchecked will just resort to violence and it was almost like a post-apocalyptic zombie episode and which I think might be a little bit of a disservice if they were going if they were trying to talk about the me too movement because you know the me too movement is a it, it's it was more than just violence uh of men against women it was you know sexual advances it was you know you know workplace harassment things like that so I think I think if they were going for that angle that they should have diversified a little bit um as it was like I said, it, it 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 just seems to they just seem to say that hey, the meteorites gave men the excuse just to be violent, and violence is just in their nature. Well, I think uh, I think there's a lot more in men's nature, you know, if they if it goes unchecked, than just wanting to kill people. So you know, kind of interesting. Um, so Aqua and I were trying to figure out, you know what is going to be the solve for this uh, situation and we thought hmm interest and choice it seems as if they're saying well not all men have this affliction uh gay men are protected and aqua he mentioned well you know that's in the news uh here in the states you know it's a big topic i said well hmm but as it was that wasn't the uh, fix and um you know it was just cole saying uh, he chose not to be violent um interesting idea i mean <clears throat> you know uh, i i as i've mentioned before you know you know saying that you're not going to do something is different than trying to tackle well, why do you have that urge in the first place so you know why do you have the urge for violence against somebody why do you have the urge to think that you can you know take advantage of you know someone on a first date why do you why do you think you uh you know can say hey you should smile more and make you look cuter you know um you know why why do people want to do that so uh you know interesting interesting idea uh you know like i said don't know if they're they were going for a me too movement type of thing again maybe they're just going for something else who knows? But. Um, it would be interesting though, because it being timely, um, it would be interesting to get the thoughts of someone who, uh, who um, is a proponent of gender fluidity. You know, if if you know what they would think about an episode like this. Uh, just just wondering what that would be like. So anyway, um, so yeah, interesting episode, but. Um, Again, not sure not sure what the audience is and who knows? Thirty years from now will we watch this and 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 will it turn into just a more universal um theme. Uh who knows, you know, but um yeah, you know, we'll see we'll see what episode eight is like and um see see how they go from here. I didn't see too many uh references to other episodes uh in this one. Didn't see any ten fifteens or anything like that, maybe other people have found that out so you know you know we're busy counting down to episode 10 you know I can't wait for that so who knows what episode eight is like thanks for uh, people joining in on the movement uh, no trailers no trailers so anyway I'll talk at you guys next week bye
2: I've had an email from Adam and he says, Tom, about halfway through watching Not All Men last night, my wife leaned over and said, I think this is the most Twilight Zone episode of the new series so far. She felt that it had a great setup with a clear message, while staying in the world of allegory. I found myself agreeing. I thought it was probably the least muddled episode so far, and it held up from start to finish. I was shocked then to see that it had by far the lowest rating on IMDb, when I was thinking this would probably land near the top or at the top of my list. I've noticed a trend in much of the negativity about this series and its comments like, that episode is saying that all blank are like blank. Rewind said that all cops are racists. The Wonderkin said that all Republicans are children. And as the comments on IMDb seem to indicate, Not all men says that all men are aggressive, and one excuse away from acting like barbarians. The irony of that claim against the title of the episode seems to be lost on several reviewers. I won't dwell too much on the fallacy of that claim by certain reviewers, but I will say that I thought this episode very well hit the nail on the head. Where other episodes have had hints and homages to the original series... This was a direct descendant of The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street, which made a very similar claim to this one. We are all just a small push away from turning into a baser and more primal version of ourselves. In the end, just like the lights flickering and the cars not starting, the meteorites were just a catalyst for this behaviour. I thought it was extremely well produced. I absolutely loved the performance by Thaisa Farmiga, and Ike Baron Holtz, and again, I thought the story was the least muddled and most straightforward of any episode so far. I think the ending could have gone many different directions, but I think they picked the most poignant and Maple Street-like choice. Overall, this season has had some hits and some misses, but I think this was a real hit. I'm just truly surprised by how much negativity this one has received. And that is from Adam. Thank you, Adam.
6: Hey Tom and my fellow Zoners, have we ever decided what our fan base should be called? I recall you suggesting Zoners, but I don't know if we ever officially got an answer to that. Ah well, I'm running with Zoners. This is Edwin from the Bronx, New York, with my thoughts on this week's episode, Not All Men. I recall a couple of weeks ago, a listener mentioned how he would forego watching the trailers to the upcoming episodes in order to preserve the effect. I thought to myself after watching this one, he might be on to something. The trailer for this lays out the entire story in a matter of minutes. Upon watching the trailer, I thought, okay, this is going to use the zombie apocalypse narrative to speak on male toxicity. And after watching the episode, I was disappointed to walk away with not much more insight than I had last week. It played out exactly as one would imagine from the trailer and the title of the episode. I get that this particular team behind this Twilight Zone has a particular vision for the show. One of inclusion, which is evident in the makeup of the cast. This much I applaud. Another focus of theirs is taking current issues and highlighting them. This isn't any different from Sterling's approach, so again, I support this direction. However, I think when this particular incarnation of the Twilight Zone suffers the most is when they put their oftentimes heavy-handed message ahead of finely crafted writing. This episode is certainly a culprit of just that. It missed that twilight's own touch, which you often speak of, Tom. Don't get me wrong here, I'm certainly sympathetic to the message being laid out. I can appreciate that this world can be a scary place for women at times, much at the behest of men. But it isn't enough to merely invoke this message. It should be told in a manner that would provoke thought and dialogue, and I felt this this episode didn't do that. It portrayed men as brutes, lumbering around, spewing violence and hatred. And the two men we saw that weren't affected did very little to contribute any insight as to what sets them apart. One we see literally beaten to death as he attempts to rationalize the occurrences. And the other offers us the gem when attempting to understand how he was able to fight off the epidemic. Retorts, I chose to. I just chose to. I don't want to come off as a cynic of New Twilight Zone. There were times when this new series taps into something special. I loved last week's episode, Six Degrees of Freedom, and Replay was wonderful, but this week's episode just really highlights where the series fails. I'm still very excited to watch the rest of the season, and I'm glad to hear that it's been renewed for a second. I just hope that they can continue building strong stories that don't necessarily rely so heavily on the messages alone to drive the point home. Where Twilight Zone is at its best is when handling timely issues with a subtle and nuanced approach. Thanks again, Tom, for the platform. Edwin. Signing off.
2: I've had an email from Zach, not our usual Zach who's joined us for Nightmare at 30,000 feet and so on, but uh, a different Zach. And he says, Tom, I'm sure you're busy with the deluge of feedback coming in from all your listeners, particularly over Not All Men. But as I listened to yours and Willow's thoughts, I just had to send over my thoughts as well. I think that Not All Men is the best episode of this season so far, and here's why. I believe you brought up a few episodes ago someone's feedback where they said that this new version of The Twilight Zone is about themes, not story. Up until now, I've felt that's true and I think that this is why this new iteration is getting such a backlash. By focusing on the themes and commentary, the writers have slacked off in creating compelling stories that anyone can enjoy, which is what Rod did. You were not forced to watch the original Twilight Zone through a specific lens, you could choose what level you wanted to engage with the show. Not All Men is the first episode that has put the story first, and left a commentary to exist inside for viewers to engage, or not engage with. Up until Not All Men I feel the scripts have not been developed enough to handle the issues the writers want to tackle and I feel this is the number one reason why the show is being attacked so much, particularly in this climate. So on a positive note, my hope is that going forward the next episodes meet the quality of Not All Men and the writers' focus on creating good stories for their commentary to exist in. Because I think what they're trying to say is incredibly important. And now is the time to say it. I think the general audience just needs more subtlety. As always, don't change a thing, Tom. You're doing great. And that's from Zack. Thank you, Zack. Thanks very much.
7: Hey, Tom and listeners, Zach Moore here, wanting to share my thoughts on Not All Men. And when we first got the trailer for this episode last week after Six Degrees of Freedom, me and fellow friend of the show, Brandon Shamatello, messaging each other as we often kind of compare notes after New Twilight Zone's and messaging each other about the preview for next week's, this episode's Not All Men, and we were joking that the twist is going to be the meteorites did nothing. All men are just terrible people. And that's kind of what they did, uh, saying it was a placebo effect. And that really undercuts whatever message they were trying to go for in this episode, in my opinion. And it doesn't even track with the episode itself because, that, first of all, it's not how placebos work. Placebos, as I understand them, uh, it, you, you you consciously take something with an expectation of a result. And because you have that expectation, that creates the results. But the, the something you take had nothing to do with it. Kind of a mind over matter situation. And no one was aware of the meteorite's properties or their effects. I mean, this episode takes place over the course of, you know, two days. So there wasn't, like, a news report about, okay, watch out for this. And then people said, oh, well, I've been exposed to this now, and now I can do whatever I want. There's no self-awareness, I guess, of of the people who are, quote-unquote, infected by these meteorites. And so to me, the placebo explanation doesn't make any sense. Um, Plus, you saw physical effects of the meteorites you saw the you know red eyes veins popping out of people's heads you know you saw a physical effects. so maybe if they would have tweaked it to said this was a catalyst and then you had a choice but then most men not all men but most men chose to give in to their baser instincts and let go of their inhibitions uh that might have tracked better uh so yeah i mean it just really falls apart there with all that, uh, you know, I thought it started out very strong, I mean, I, I felt that any character's you know, uh, predicament you know, I mean, you can, you really see kind of, you, it's it's very efficient where you kind of see her place at work and her personal life, you, you establish who she is and and what she has to put up with and what she deals with and that's very effective. Side note uh, I had no idea that Vera Farmiga had a younger sister, so when again, when I saw this trailer, I was like, is that, is that Vera Formiga? She looks so young, but it's her younger sister, uh, Taisa Farmiga, uh, and I didn't know she existed. So that was just interesting to see a, a pretty well-known actress at this point uh, have this younger sibling that come out of nowhere. I, you know, maybe I just, uh, <laughs> I'm not up on my Hollywood families. But, uh, but anyway, she did a great job. Uh, and as our protagonist character, she was a very strong protagonist. And about her journey. Um, and, you know, the, the first scenes with her on her date, like those were unsettling. You know, when, when Dylan first gets, you know, infected or, or infected in quotations marks, I guess. By the meter, that was very. That was a very effective scene. Uh, the scene with her sister's husband and the birthday cake, uh, also very effective. You know, the, you, you could sense the tension there, and see those scenes were effective. But then they, they go so over the top with everything. They turn up to like eleven, and if there really, truly is no external catalyst for causing this behavior, then. I mean I guess that's the point, right. We all have that inside us and we have to choose not to be this way, but I mean you, you, it looks like the purge out there by the end of this episode. I mean you have like fires in the streets and looting and beating people to death and, and there was just no sense of escalation and I think that's the, the the biggest problem with this episode. I mean, it was the shortest episode yet, if I'm correct uh, of the seven, um, I felt like it, it definitely could you know it could have been shorter or longer. It's in this, this middle this, this middle ground between light and shadow. But it really isn't like a middle ground where I feel like they could have kind of tightened it up some, focused it in a little tighter or really expanded it and, and had more to it. But, but yeah, just the escalation is not there. It's just two days again. And you, you, I feel like they could have had a better commentary on what they were trying to, the message they were going for, obviously with, if you, if you have, you know, the, the water tower gets infected and the water supply and men start to act this way. And the more they're exposed to it, the worse they get. And, People start making excuses in the first, you know, couple days, like, "Oh, well, that's just Dylan being Dylan," or "So and so, you know, he's always had a temper," or, or you know, commenting on how we accept these societal norms that we're trying to break the shackles of, even today. Uh, you know, how this became like the like acceptable behavior that people just wave away as boys being boys or what have you, uh, and they just keep turning that up, and then over the course of I don't know, a week, a few days uh it it reaches a boiling point but there was no really sense of escalation here you have you know somebody gets sprayed by some meteorite infected water and the next minute they're trying to kill people uh beating people to death and things like that i um i just i just didn't I, it did, it didn't follow through It didn't like carry you through in, in my opinion so so, yeah, I mean, th- those are my thoughts. Uh, also, side note, meteor shower makes me think of Smallville. Of course, the some of the listeners know. it's a, the I po- podcast I have always holding on Smallville. Uh, so that young Superman show starts out with a meteor shower of kryptonite from the exploded planet Krypton coming to earth, hitting the Smallville water tower, by the way. <laughs> so um, the meteor shower, water tower explosion uh, effect on the populace because in smallville these 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 kryptonite meteorites, uh, people use them in experiments, they affect people on a biological level, some people, they, they create supervillains for young Clark Kent to fight before he's Superman, things like that. So I my mind went there when I heard about a, a meteor shower affecting people and of course hitting up the water tower, which happens in the pilot of that show. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a miss for me. I would rank this last of the seven. Uh, I, I just feel like the execution was lacking and, and I mean, I praised Replay for being on the nose. Uh, but this episode makes Replay seem like a masterclass in subtlety. It's almost like they went down a checklist of what are misogynist phrases we can use in this episode to get our point across and just really hammer it home, you know? And you just didn't need to go that far. I mean, maybe I'm contradicting myself here with praising Replay for uh, it's on the noseness and, you know, not praising this one for it and condemning it for it, uh, for it's on the noseness. But yeah, I mean, this one... Uh, ranks last for me so far. When, when the when the whole season is over, I'm definitely going to rewatch them all. Uh, possibly in black and white. I just saw the news about uh, them coming out in black and white, which I just think would be a fun alternate experience uh, to watch these in black and white. Of course, we could all just do that by turning down the color on our TV set. But uh, be that as it may, uh, missed for me. But I'm looking forward to next week uh, and a new episode then. And I'm very interested to hear what the rest of you thought of not all men. <laughs>
2: I've had an email from TZ Fan and they say, I'm sorry for the fact that you're finding yourself at the centre of a storm of controversial topics. I sort of view you as a sailing type character who is both involved and removed as a kind of judge or witness, so it stinks to hear you're getting pulled into it. Well thank you man, that's that's very kind of you to say. I mean, I won't dwell on it too much, but I just it's funny that I've um, I've been accused of being too political on this show before. But I'll be honest, uh, nothing could be further from the truth in terms of what I like to put out on the internet. You know, in my time I've probably put out the odd thing here and there. But I don't know, I, I think these days the kind of noise out there online um, has probably caused more of our problems than solved any. You know, occasionally you see some nice story on Twitter where someone has been in dire need, you know, something's really caught fire on Twitter and uh, raised a huge amount of money for them or or raised awareness of someone being bullied, or, you know, any manner of things. But it also seems to be the place where the anger of the world, you know, kind of goes to. And my own personal preference was, in the last couple of years, I really backed away from social media, but I also speak to a lot of friends of the show through social media because that's the channels that are are available to me to do it, but I do find that I think probably a lot of the problems we have these days are through social media. I think it creates the illusion that every thought in our head is worth verbalizing, whereas, you know, in the past, someone might not like something, maybe they would've just turned their nose up at it and sort of carried on along their way. And whereas now there just seems to be this wave of opinion on everything. And I don't think it's too healthy to be honest. It's something that I've really tried to remove myself from and that's Rich coming from a guy who sits here, podcasting opinions and so on about the Twilight Zone. Week after week, so I get the irony of that, but I don't know. I just, I just can't understand. As we've seen on these listener episodes, some people like an episode, some people dislike it, but everyone sort of came to the table on these ones with, you know, just reason it out, and it, it's more like a conversation that you would have with a, a friend or a colleague who disagreed on something. But when you put it in terms of the internet, with just a wave of opinion, Um, you know, when someone sees a wave coming, they jump for cover, they bolster their position, they get behind something, even if it's not necessarily the thing that they want to be behind. And I think that is unfortunately the world we live in now where everyone is always on the defensive and you know, it's not great. So, especially with something that I love like the Twilight Zone, and you know, this, this season has rattled a few cages. It, it's going through some topics and I'm co- absolutely cool with the content of it. I'm just not really cool with the way things are often discussed online, which is why I've always tried to make the Twilight Zone podcast a kind of nice place to, to exist. Where, you know what, if you like an episode, you don't like an episode, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. I just don't understand real anger, that's all, at a TV show. And and like I said at the beginning of this, um, this new Twilight Zone journey, if I didn't like the show, this new show, uh, you know, I might have stuck with it for the first season just for the sake of, well, I'm not going to cover two episodes and then abandon it. Uh, But if it really wasn't doing something for me, then I I probably just wouldn't bother covering the second season or I'd maybe give it a chance. And then if it hadn't improved, then I would leave it. But but to me, I've really enjoyed it. And it's not about people disagreeing with that. It's just the way people conduct themselves sometimes. I, I really don't get it. You know, there's too much good stuff out there for me to get angry about something. You know, too many things that i don't get to experience because i don't have the time to focus on the thing that you know is so easy to turn away from if i don't like it anyway sorry man i really derailed your your email let's get back on track where were we okay like yourself i've really been enjoying tz 2019 but i understand that everyone has their own personal views i recognize i am neither qualified nor wise enough nor capable to ever pass judgement on another human being or their views. When I do find myself challenged by ideas presented in the show, I've been using time to try and learn from the perspectives depicted, and even if I don't agree with every choice or detail included, I've used it as a chance to listen, reflect, and grow where I can. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you again. I think that's one of the great things about this new season, uh, this new series of the Twilight Zone, that... Some of the stuff people have said in these episodes, these listener feedback episodes, I've really been like, yeah, okay, I like that. I'll take that on board as part of my opinion too because you've convinced me. You've convinced me of that point. You know, I had a bit of a, a muddy kind of reception to the end of Not All Men and you know, people have come to me with intelligent stuff about, well, here's my take on it. And I've been like, okay, that's cool. You know, that's absolutely cool. So anyway lest I derail you again. Let's crack on. Speaking on the most recent episode, I like the premise, what if toxic masculinity really was toxic? As a point of note, glad you had Willow as your guest because I think it's important to hear a woman's perspective. Just to butt in again, I think Willow was really fantastic, done a really great job on that. I like how they worked in themes of denial, rationalization, and control. I like the symbolism of how the chain that Dylan was using to control Annie was also the thing that dragged him down in the end. I think the meaning of the episode is obvious, but it's an important issue to raise and think about. After the episode, I asked my girlfriend if she feels that way, the fear that random men could go crazy and overstep. And she said, Well, not all the time. But if I'm around someone I don't know too well, you never know. As a guy, the never knowing part is a fear I can understand intellectually, but it's not a fear that I can truly understand, let alone have to experience on a daily basis. I think that this one-sided nature in understanding was a major point of the episode. The behavior was obvious and ever present to the women. They had to change their behavior to avoid it, but it went virtually undetected by the men. I see a lot of people not enjoying the episode, and while it wasn't my favorite of the season, I do think it was pretty good. And like every episode, I'll try to take something away from it. I'm glad the Twilight Zone is able to touch on different issues after all these years. Personally, I know I'm far from perfect and a deeply flawed human being. The more I listen and grow, the more I'm trying to learn from the strong women around me. Hopefully I can use this as a reminder to reflect on that. Think of ways I can improve myself, grow, and make sure I'm always trying to be more aware of and do the best I can for others. Lastly, I hope the anger in the feedback doesn't discourage you from reviewing new episodes because I've really enjoyed listening along as I watch the new series. You guys consistently do a great job So at the very least, it's important that you get to hear from the fans. Thanks again for your great work and a sincere thank you. And a thank you to you as well. Absolutely, I'm going to carry on. I'm not going to get derailed. I think it was just, you know, when you wake up in the morning and there's like a multitude of of sort of angry emails in your inbox, it does make you kind of think, oh, you know. But anyway, the past is the past. Let's keep on going. Thank you.
8: Hi Tom. Brandon Jamie Tella here, friend of the show. I just wanted to send in some feedback for the last episode, Not All Men. And I did want to start off with the with some positive comments in that. I really did enjoy the episode. I thought it was really well done. Uh, I thought the acting was great. I thought it was very tense. Uh, I thought it was very suspenseful. And I thought that the message that they were trying to convey uh, throughout the start of the episode is a very important one you know we we're in a time right now uh, you know post me too where a lot of people are being made aware of situations that happen and experiences that women uh, have happened to them quite frequently and I think a lot of men don't realize how frequently these things happen uh, to them uh, one of the interesting things that I had recently in my own personal experience was with my church group that I a group of people that I know from my church and the blowback that they had over the Gillette ad and this is not the Gillette ad but it it, it is something different and I think the Gillette ad kind of sparked some controversy in its own way and you know that there are two discussions it's the same coin but they've got they got two different sides to it. And I think one side of the conversation is the Gillette ad. And one side of the, the other side of the conversation is this episode. You know, uh, um, it, it was kind of eye opening to see the response to the Gillette ad because when I saw that Gillette ad, I, I didn't take offense to it. I thought it was a very good ad and I thought it was a very interesting position for a company to take and a lot of people seem to have some blowback by saying hey why is your company getting involved in issues like this and i think it's very important for corporations to get involved in this type of discussion and you know a lot of people would say well why are they having this ad and they would go and show pictures of you know racing events where there was a lot of women in bikinis that were advertising for gillette and you know part of the discussion is that people have in this day and age is when somebody puts something up that's controversial and it, and it strikes a nerve with people. The instant reaction, it seems, is to show how they've got their, you know, to use a biblical term, they're, they're pointing out the plank in their eye. You know, why are you pointing out the splinter in my eye when you've got a plank in yours? And the, the discussion seems to forget the fact that people can grow and people can change and people can learn. And that's what the Gillette ad is saying. It's saying, look, these types of behaviors were acceptable at one time, but they're not anymore. Let's stop and think about what we've done. Think about the things that we've said, learn from them and grow, hold each other accountable, hold each other to a higher standard, men, because we can do that. And, The frustrating thing about this episode is that this episode could have done that as well, except this episode took the exact opposite stance of this. This episode, the way that I interpret it is that you're a man and... No matter how hard you try to be better, you will always be a piece of crap that treats women like crap, that's aggressive, that likes to fight, that likes to cause problems, not just with women, but with other men, as was shown in this episode. But to me, the moral of the story is that the problem in society is men, and we can't be better, and we we just have to try and be as good as we can, but we will never, ever achieve that greatness. And while a lot of people are saying, hey, that's it, you're just triggered by this. I really think that's what they're saying in this episode, because, you know, the main character's brother himself succumbed to these things. You know, that boss of hers got attacked by these men and it's saying, no matter how good you are, that guy was a good guy. But still, at some point, he's going to be overcome by the terribleness of the rest of men because he's attacked, And he's bombarded and he's overwhelmed by these toxic males is what they're saying in this episode. And I find that frustrating. And the the episode doesn't seem to decide where it wants to go. You know, at one point they're saying that these, these rocks and this asteroid is a complete placebo. And these people are just doing it because they're terrible. But on the other end of it, what are they trying to say with the red eyes? What are they trying to say with the brother who is a good person? And that he's affected as well by holding the rock because he had the rock on him. So are they trying to say the rock's responsible or not? At the end of the day, I think that they're basically saying, no, it's not the rock. Men are just terrible. And that's that's not a naive perspective of this episode because the main character herself, and they multiple times, they point out, it's just the men. It's just the men that are affected. It's just the men that are acting like animals. And I'm sorry, but that's not true. And that's what's kind of frustrating about this episode is I-, I thought they were going to do something very clever with this and say, look, it's not just men. Women are terrible, too, because we've got this scene. I thought they were going to do something c- uh, clever because we have the scene of these women sitting in the bar and they were sexualizing the guy that she works with. Okay. And this is something that's in society. And we're kind of at this point right now where people are saying that it's only men that do these things, but it's not women sexualize men as well. Women talk terribly about men as well, but we focus on what's going on with men in the society. And part of the frustration with this in the episode is that at the dinner scene, when they were talking about how to cook this food in France You'll have to forgive me if I forget some of the details wrong because I've only seen the episode once, but, and I assumed that it was a husband and wife, but the the husband, the boss was like, look, well, actually this is how you cook this thing. And his wife turns to him and says, quit mansplaining. So I thought they were going to be doing something clever because the guy's not mansplaining. He's just talking about things that he knows. Okay. And we're, Again, we're at this point, like mansplaining is a bit of a trigger word for me because we've now boiled down to, I don't want to hear your opinion because you're a man talking to me. That's what the term mansplaining means to me as a male. I don't want to hear your opinion because you're a man talking to me. And his wife did that to him over something as simple as he's talking about how this food is being prepared. So with those things, the the conversation about sexualizing men at the dinner, they could have had some type of clever story by saying, look, we've got to take a look at the fact that everybody treats people the same way, maybe not to the same level. Okay. And I'm not going to sit here and say that what women experience is not true because it is. I do know that these things are social commentaries that need to be addressed. I just think that the episode fell short of what they could have done. And it was a very frustrating finale to be told at the end that, you can't be better than what you are. You can try, but you'll fail. And I'm sorry, but that's my interpretation of the episode. And that's also frustrating because I really enjoyed the episode, the episode a lot. So I- I'm sure that this is going to be a trigger for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But you know, it, it is a discussion that needs to be had. People need to know that this is something that needs to be addressed. I just think they did it in the wrong way at the end. Thanks for, I hope you put this in. Thanks for taking the time to listen to my comments. I hope I've made some cohesiveness. And, I, you know, I've been giving this a lot of thought over the last couple of days. And, you know, with the violence of this and the topic matter, this is going to be the first episode that I won't be showing to Aubrey. Um, I'm going to have to wait a few years for her to see it because this is a pretty violent episode as well. Right. I mean, like some guy got hit in the head with a shovel and while it was in the dark, you see blood spatter. Right. And, you know, uh, several of the things that were in here, I think, are just a little bit too much for her at this age. And and again, uh, that's kind of frustrating because I, I have not seen an episode of the 80s show yet that I haven't been able to show her. She got pretty scared from the episode Grandma, but that was for different reasons. Like, that's just a scary story. And there's nothing in the original Twilight Zone that I wouldn't show her so I've now you know even Star Trek Discovery was pushing the line but I was able to show her every one of those to her because I would be able to explain certain things ahead of time and I just I think this is just a little bit too much for a nine-year-old so we're gonna have to wait a bit sorry for the long message I got lots of feelings on the episode and uh thanks very much I really appreciate it Tom keep doing what you're doing you're doing a great job
9: Hello, Tom. It's Dave from the Dark Corner Podcast. I seem to be not the only one left scratching my head at the end of Six Degrees of Freedom. I was very much frustrated by it. I found out recently that the jigsaw puzzles that you can buy at any toy or hobby store are cut with the same design. And so if you get two different 700 piece puzzles and mix up the pieces, you could end up with the puzzle image that has bits of each. And that's a bit what Six Degrees of Freedom was for me. It was a sort of mystery, but one that instead of withholding too much information, seemed to have given too much information. With the experiments of gravity, with there being no crystallization in the bathroom, These would suggest being in a simulation. However, the end shot shows them on Mars. Also, the scene direction or film grammar indicated that any kind of glitch in any view screen suggested that the aliens were observing the crew. And if you know anything about quantum mechanics, you'd know that just by observing matter, you change it. I was left with too little information. Or too much information. Not All Men is the opposite of that. It's the most taught economic script of the new Twilight Zone yet. There isn't a wasted moment. We get set up and pay off, such as the Chekhov's frying pan. And every scene seems to contribute to the story. And it's an episode that is quite current with states like Ohio, Georgia, and Alabama pushing for rather draconian anti-abortion laws in the hopes that these would be contested in the Supreme Court and that this right-leaning court with Brett Kavanaugh in the nine would reverse Roe versus Wade and once again make abortion legal throughout the nation. If you listen to my favorite murder, you'd be quite aware of how often women are the victim of men. Yes, there are some women killers out there, but typically they're poisoners or smotherers. We also see judges letting off sexual abusers and other forms of assaults against women, getting away with no or little jail time. One judge just recently told a man who had bent back the fingers of his partner and punched her in the face that there were plenty more fish in the sea. This is the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy that women have to deal with. If I had any problem with the episode, it's that I think it defends the position of not all men in a manner that I think can be misconstrued. We had the sun be able to force back the rage, indicating that men can control their darker desires, which I'm fine with. However, the not all men hashtag is very similar to when someone speaking about black lives matter and somebody brings up the hashtag all lives matter which doesn't contribute to the argument it dismisses or levels the argument and fails to comprehend that there is an injustice that black men are targeted by certain members of law enforcement in the case of this not all men that just because you do not assault or injure women or harass, that their argument is somehow invalid. It diminishes the peril, the struggle of women against toxic masculinity. I think, as men, we have to accept that there is a darker nature, and you find this in religion and in psychology. The id, ego, and superego The superego is this moral authority that has to keep the id, the darker desires in check. Think of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, this conscience that prevents us from doing evil. Or even like those classic cartoons where you have a devil or angel on your shoulder. We are all capable of evil deeds and it is through guardianship of ourselves that we prevent ourselves from doing evil but that does not mean that we're incapable of it not all men suggests that some men are incapable of evil deeds and certain crimes of passion would prove otherwise anyhow i hard to say enjoyed but i admire this episode and i think it's right up there with the replay
1: What's up, Tom? This is Uncommon NASA with some audio feedback for Not All Men, uh, latest episode of the 2019 Twilight Zone series. Wow, this is a great episode. I, I, I really loved it. I just finished watching it a second time. I think by far it is the most Twilight Zone episode in terms of representing the original series and the kinds of things that they did. Um, I thought it was pretty remarkable to have. An episode that was so uh, speaking to sort of like ethical and moralistic means and had sort of like a, a hit you over the head point at the end with the twist, but it still felt fresh and new. So it was truly an updated version of what the original series did. The only difference being when these things were done in the original series, for the most part, nobody had ever really done them on television before. So the, the large sort of ethical and moralistic twists in a science fiction atmosphere like in early episodes like time enough at last or monsters to do at maple street um, or even walking distance like the early early season one episodes and throughout the series those sorts of episodes those sorts of easy what we would now consider easy sort of layup points were not made before and You know, we're a much more savvy audience now, so doing this sort of episode where there is sort of, you know, a a really straight line A to B point to be made is not easy to navigate in 2019. But I, I can't believe how much they found the perfect balance in presenting something that was fresh and new that also just gave you a very straight ahead point and slapped you in the face with it i i think that's great and i think it's brilliant i think the writing was basically perfect in this episode every piece of the episode had its place and had its point. point two quick things that i want to point out um just about the episode itself then i'll get into another point is there was the the point where um the sister Uh, Martha tries to pick up one of the stones and gain that power and tries to sort of participate in alpha masculinity herself and she fails to be able to harness that power and the metaphor for you know women in the workforce that that just say well if I can't beat them I'll join them and they take on that sort of masculine sort of or at least attempt to take on that masculine sort of being one of the boys kind of people like that always well seemingly always seems to end up in in some sort of failure because it's just not a realistic thing to do and uh, that was such a great point and and the other thing I'll point out about the episode because uh, I don't want to go into I don't want to go into mansplaining territory of the episode because it was so good it doesn't really need much explanation from from me Um, is I do think um, the fountain scene with the opera music and the guy saying, F you, Chad, and F your feelings, I think that was supposed to represent the internet, like the lowest point of alpha masculinity. So, um, you know, cheers to that. I guess the point that I want to make about this episode is how much of a Twilight Zone episode it was. Um, And I think that's really important because what I haven't talked about in some of the other clips that I sent in, and I think a lot of us are probably comparing it to Black Mirror because Black Mirror is sort of the modern anthology series. And as much as I've liked the Twilight Zone, this new Twilight Zone, and I thought that there were some real highs to it, I definitely didn't get that feeling of certain Black Mirror episodes where I was completely blown away. Um, For me and for those that haven't seen Black Mirror, it's a lot harder than this Twilight Zone, which is... A distinction that I'll probably get into in a minute as well but it, it also like had the ability at least for me to completely leave me on my couch mouth open what the f did I just watch and I I didn't feel that with the Twilight Zone with this new Twilight Zone and I I wondered or worried if that mattered because there were definitely moments we'll get into specific episodes of Black Mirror but throughout all the seasons where I can remember watching a particular episode there was one where um, this woman's husband or boyfriend you know spoilers for Black Mirror here but dies and. Um, you know, he basically gets resurrected through, like, his his texts and his tweets into, like, sort of an AI program, and then that becomes sort of a robotic version of himself later in the episode, and it's so sad and so jarring, I remember watching it with my wife, and we just looked at each other after the episode, like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna watch another one of these tonight, and, uh, you know, as as Tom has mentioned, Sanjin Aparo is, is classic television, and, and there's just... And that one at the end also leaves you kind of on the floor. Did we really get that from this Twilight Zone so far? Not really. But what this episode taught me, and I guess the point of my feedback this week is, is that doesn't really matter, because it's not really particularly the goal. Um, I think a lot of people compared that effect of Black Mirror to that effect of the original Twilight Zone. Because the original Twilight Zone, I would think, aired in 1960, probably had that effect on people. I think the end of... Eye of the Beholder probably like left people on the floor probably had that effect if you watched it and you were a fan of the show in 1960 or 61 when that aired and I think it still had that effect on people even watching the syndication i had seen it for the first time especially if you were younger this Twilight Zone doesn't really try to do that um, if they are trying to do that they they haven't just haven't had that effect on me but I think what this episode proves more than any other episodes they don't have to do that. What their job is, is to do what the original show's job was, and it wasn't only to sort of shock you or to put you on edge. It was to make a point on a moral, ethical, or social justice stance and make it relatable and bring you full circle to your ideas. And and as I said on some previous feedbacks with some of the other episodes, force you to look in the mirror and question yourself. I think this episode did that maybe better than any of them because Rod was very outspoken on social justice and civil rights. He didn't have the opportunity, you know, sort of shockingly to to discuss matters of uh, misogyny and um, abuse of women as much on his own show. You know, there's an episode called Nightmare as a Child that probably is getting into child abuse and like the abuse of a a young woman and her mother um but it doesn't expressly go there there are other moments where you can see it you know where those points are trying to be made you know there's a moment in like midnight sun where the women fight off sort of a man who's driven crazy um and is trying to kind of use his man his masculinity over women in order to protect himself and and whatever's left of his own family but He didn't get to go into it that deep, um, either as a creator or as a writer on the show. So I think it's great that Jordan Peele and his team have sort of picked up that baton because we all know that that's something that he probably wanted to do or would have wanted to do in time. So uh, there's not really much more to add. I, I just think it was a great episode. I think it finally, to me, and I'm sure for a lot of people this had already happened, but for me it finally drew a distinction between the goal of this show and the goal of Black Mirror and created a space where both of those shows can coexist
2: and not drive me crazy. (laughs) That they do. Thanks. So that's our episode on Not All Men. I really liked um, NASA's point there about that final section being about the internet because it can certainly seem that way sometimes. So the next Twilight Zone episode, Point of Origin, drops on Thursday the 16th. Our episode will be either on the 18th or the 19th. Now my weekends have got a little busy um, of late so I've not necessarily been able to get the episodes out on the Saturday. But as always, don't let that stop you from putting your thoughts in. When the episode drops on a Thursday you can email me at tz2019 at voice clips are preferred as they will definitely be used in the show but emails are welcome too. but i might just need to snip them or not use them depending on my time and after the episode drops on a thursday then you have till the end of the day on the sunday wherever you live in the world to send your feedback in so that's enough from me and i will speak to you next time for point of origin bye for now